Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the Newsbusters podcast right off the Wheelie Road Metro stop in Reston, Virginia. Uh, the hot thing today, I didn't know I was going to create a hot thing, but it happened. So, sitting there at the house last night watching the DVR and... Mrs. Graham loves medical shows, all the medical shows, all the medical dramas. Boy, did she love ER back in the day. So this was New Amsterdam on NBC from Tuesday, watching it on Thursday. And then and it begins so dramatically. It you know, it's like people have weepy eyes and they look at their daughters and are sad and they're hugging on the street corner and it sounds like, I mean, you're, you're trying to guess what happened. So it was like, well, did one of the main characters at the hospital die? Was there a school shooting? What, what could this be? And then, of course, my wife got it right. She said, Roe versus Wade was overturned. I'm like, oh, it couldn't be. Could it be that? Because I, I really was going to go all in on school shooting. And, uh, you know, after a couple of minutes... They are all there in the hospital staring at the TV screen, Roe versus Wade overturned. And we were just like, her first reaction was, yeah, but isn't about half the country pro-life? Uh, and it's like, well, not in Hollywood. That's not the way it goes, you know. And then she, uh, so I put that up last night. And, and here on Friday, it's like it's being shared willy-nilly on Twitter, which is fantastic. I... I personally never had a video this widely shared uh but i think people really thought it was amusing just how stunningly propagandistic it is down to the slow motion dropped latte on the street corner uh and of course the whole plot line that followed was you know what are we going to do here at new amsterdam to make abortion accessible and then you kind of say you're in New York. <laughs> the Dobbs decision is going to mean nothing in New York City. Uh, you know, Chicago Med. You're in Illinois. You're in a blue state. It'll mean nothing. Then there's Grey's Anatomy. And, of course, Grey's Anatomy. My wife loves Grey's Anatomy. It's based in Seattle. Blue state. No danger there whatsoever. But this is the plot line that they created. Oh, Miranda has a college roommate who works in Pullman, Washington, home of uh, Eastern Washington University, it must be, uh, but, uh, you know, close to Idaho. So then what's happening is, oh, come help us in our completely swamped abortion clinic because all these women are coming over from Idaho, uh, which allowed them to make several screechy sermons about how lawmakers don't know anything about women's bodies and so on and so on. And then they have a woman die from an ectopic pregnancy because all the doctors are afraid to work on it in case it's an abortion. And then again, you ask, isn't this just sort of the liberal propaganda line that somehow pro-lifers can't see the difference between an ectopic pregnancy and a regular pregnancy? But, you know, in the world of propaganda, this is what we expect in Grey's Anatomy terms from Shonda Rhimes. Uh, who deeply loves abortion and who is best known 
for having a scene where her lead character on Scandal, Olivia Pope, got an abortion right around Christmas, and uh, you know they played Silent Night over it, or in that episode, which I thought that's that's incredibly sick that you're somehow going to associate abortion with the birth of the Christ child. This is what we do. This is what we're here to watch. And of course, having these loaded abortion plots in the week before the election is probably not an accident. I don't think that's a scheduling, oh, I had no idea when to schedule this show. This apparently is how Hollywood tries to turn out its feminist voters. So that's, uh, it, you know, it's fascinating the way that uh, these shows are so one-sided. I will say this, Grey's Anatomy at least had, when the pro-lifers are all f- sort of scary and uh, uh, pounding on your car as you drive into the parking lot, at least the signs are authentically pro-life. And one of the screaming protesters said to the doctors, didn't you take an oath to do no harm? And I'm like, all right, there we go. That's an actual pro-life point of view and a pro-life question even if it's uh, posed in screaming you know in a screaming tone it still sort of echoes in that particular scene now they they don't seem to have any shred of conscience about this you know when the woman dies of the ectopic pregnancy the doctor who's screeching starts talking about the carnage of women and it's like again do you have no thought about the carnage of abortions, especially the carnage of hundreds of thousands of abortions. You know, there's going to be nothing about carnage of expectant mothers that in any way will match the absolute holocaust of abortion since Roe versus Wade in 1973. Now, the... We are looking here now at the precipice of the midterms. Uh, The doom and the gloom have set in on the Democratic side, where the Washington Post is actually reporting that they're trying to shore up their blue seats. They're trying to make sure they keep their members of Congress in districts where it's Biden won by eight points, Biden won by 10 points, Biden won by 12 points, and they're worried about losing those seats to Republicans. Um, that's a, that's a really interesting picture. So I think what we would expect now, what we should all expect in the days to come, is a lot of sore losers. We're going to have a lot of uh, media people and celebrities basically suggesting not only that democracy is dying, even though this is going to show you that democracy is actually robust, They're going to be sore losers. They're going to say insulting things about the voters, that they're not very bright people or they're not very public spirited. They're just not, you know, they've they've let liberals down. (laughs) I just thought it would be fun today. With the expectation we're going to have a red wave, whether moderate red wave or big red wave, uh, as long as the House goes red and maybe the senate maybe just 5149 i mean the liberals and democrats are going to be so upset so i thought it would be fun to do some dramatic readings and i've uh, assembled some staffers here to do dramatic readings for us 
Now, these are not impersonations of the of the personages. It's just sort of a fun uh, set of dramatic takes. So you can kind of enjoy sort of the pomposity of some of these quotes. I, I, I will start. I'm going to go all the way back to 1988 because George H.W. Bush beat Michael Dukakis in an election about Willie Horton. Oh, they were not happy. So in Time Magazine, it's the November 21 issue, which means it probably came out the Friday of the election because they were always post-dating their issues. But this is what I always remember this. This is what Gary Wills used to be a writer for National Review and then became a screeching leftist. He said, Bush won by default and by fouls. His mandate is to ignore the threats to our economy sustain the Reagan heritage of let's pretend, and serve as figurehead for what America has become, a frightened empire hiding its problems from itself. Yeah, this is the way that they sound. Uh, Probably the best known of these is the the Peter Jennings uh, rant uh, after the 1994 elections. We were all stunned. You know, nobody was optimistic enough, or almost nobody, was optimistic enough to think the Republicans are going to win more than 50 seats and we're going to take the House majority. The Republicans hadn't had the House majority, I think, since Harry Truman, okay? So this was a big surprise. Peter Jennings was so angry, he had, he had a daily ABC radio commentary, and this is what came out. Some thoughts on those angry voters. Ask parents of any two-year-old, and they can tell you about those temper tantrums. The stomping feet, the rolling eyes, the screaming. It's clear that the anger controls the child and not the other way around. It's the job of the parent to teach the child to control the anger and channel it in a positive way. Imagine a nation full of uncontrolled two-year-old rage. The voters had a temper tantrum last week. Parenting and governing don't have to be dirty words. The nation can't be run by an angry two-year-old. Our thanks to Eric Shiner with his wacky mole video. Terrific job. Also in 1994, Evan Thomas, Washington Bureau Chief of Newsweek, was on the show Inside Washington, and he was up unhappy about what this was going to mean for the African-American people. This is a rotten time to be black. Blacks are just going to take it in the chops. Their programs are going to get eviscerated and affirmative action is going to go right down the tubes. Politics have moved right because a lot of middle class people thought they were taking my money and giving it to poor black people. And they didn't like it and now they want their money back. <laughs> Thank you to Corey Parks, who I guess was, was channeling as Shannon Sharp. <laughs> which is nothing like Evan Thomas, who's a patrician guy, but that was fun. They, you know, they always assume that the absolute worst is going to happen. It's like under Trump, right? Under Trump, the blacks and the Latinos were going to take it on the chin. Is that what really happened? No, it's not what really happened. Then we go forward to 2004. Now, early in the night of 2004, the exit polls were suggesting that Kerry was going to win. Uh, so... I remember Rich Noyce and I had a fight in the grocery store because uh, I was basically saying, it's not over yet. Let's not get all pessimistic. It's like 6 p.m. 
But the exit polls were uh, were making it look like get ready for President Kerry. Then it actually happened by the next day. George W. Bush was going to be reelected. Over on MSNBC, Ranty host Keith Olbermann was not taking it well. Why weren't the exit polls right? Intimidation, harassment, fabrication, doctoring, spinning, decontextualizing, and actual truth-telling have all been facets of the continuing firestorm over the probity of the elections on the Internet. The latest dueling weapons, scholarly analyses from researchers at major universities. One suggests that the actual statistical odds that the exit polling was wrong, that wrong, were 250 million to one. An excellent reading from our own Kurt Etheridge. Thank you, Kurt. Also in 2004, the singer Linda Ronstadt, wonderful singer, terrible political pundit. She has this bad habit of every time the Republicans win, let's drag out the Hitler comparisons. People don't realize that by voting Republican, they voted against themselves. Now, I worry that some people are entertained by the idea of this war. They don't know anything about the Iraqis, but they're angry and frustrated in their own lives. It's like Germany before Hitler took over. The economy was bad and people felt kicked around. They looked for a scapegoat. Now we've got a new bunch of Hitlers. Thank you to Peyton Eislin, who has our video censor track with Peyton. Well done. In 2010, Barack Obama went around the country stumping for Democrats. And what happened was, oh, they lost the House. Barack Obama, the magic was limited, especially by that point. Uh, this should be a more famous quote. Longtime CNN and MSNBC contributor Bill Press, he was on Crossfire with Pat Buchanan, and then later MSNBC created the show Buchanan and Press. I think Bill Press has still got a radio show. Uh, I, I love this quote because it really speaks for what liberals feel when they lose. Just once. Probably never get elected if you ever said it. I would like to hear someone say, the voters have spoken, the bastards. Or, the voters have spoken, what a bunch of idiots. The voters have spoken, God, they're dumb. Dumb as hell. I just wish I'd hear somebody say that because I think that happens to be the case this particular midterm elections. Thank you to MRC TV's Nick Cangottis. And his video, Things That Need to Be Said. Check it out. The Democrats were upset again in 2014. Barack Obama's magic limited again. The Democrats lost seats. Oh, and Bette Midler. I mean, she got on the broom on Twitter. She was very upset. Well, we can look forward to unregulated banks, no health care, filthy air and oceans, and war, war, and more war. Thanks, folks. <laughs> Thank you to Tier and Rose Mandelberg with the video series Woke of the Week. Then we turn to 2016 when the media thought and Hillary Clinton thought, let's try to get Donald Trump nominated. It's the ultimate prank. We will get him to be the nominee and then we will crush him in November. How did that turn out? It didn't. So, you know, they got increasingly alarmed when none of their tricks seemed to work in the fall. 
And then again, we had an election night where everybody, Republicans and Democrats, became surprised at how victory slipped away from Hillary Clinton. And, well, gee, they just... Do you think they were going to lack the drama after this with Donald Trump being elected president? It was inconceivable. This is the kind of rhetoric we got from Tom Friedman, New York Times columnist. This is a moral 9-11. Only 9-11 was done to us from the outside, and we did this to ourselves. Thank you to Jonah Lackey. That one sticks with me. A moral 9-11. We did it to ourselves. Finally, another uh, sore loser speech, which many people remember, occurred on CNN with commentator Van Jones, who was really upset that the Obama years were going to end with the inauguration of Donald Trump. It's hard to be a parent tonight for a lot of us. You tell your kids, don't be a bully. You tell your kids... Don't be a bigot. You tell your kids, do your homework and be prepared. And then you have this outcome. And you have people putting children to bed tonight. And they, they're afraid of breakfast. They're afraid of, how do I explain this to my children? This was a white lash. This was a white lash against a changing country. It was a white lash against a black president in part. And that's the part where the pain comes. Oh, the pain to go from Obama to Trump. Thank you to my boy, Benjamin Graham, and the Royal Shakespeare Academy. This was fun. Uh, You know, we'll probably have a new set coming on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning and maybe the rest of the week uh, if this election turns out to be that disappointing for the Democrats. Make sure you watch Twitter. Make sure you watch the late night comedy shows they're not going to be funny at all for them and to capture it all you can count on us at newsbusters come to us once twice 24 times a day it's where you get the drama